Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of 1 Corinthians. This week, our text concentrates on the first part of a two-week study concerning spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 Verses 1 through 7 states, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries, and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Please follow along with Pastor Harris as we study today's portion of this week's message entitled, Don't be ignorant about spiritual gifts, part one. The gift of speaking in tongues is the miraculous ability to speak in a human language not known to the one who is speaking. We we have it described very specifically. It was manifested on the day of Pentecost, recorded in Acts chapter 2, when after the Holy Spirit came upon the uh, believers there, uh, people spoke with languages they didn't speak so that those who were speakers of that language could hear the great works of God being proclaimed, and it could be validated by those who were, who were bilingual. Um, it, it was very specific. It even specifies the languages that were spoken. Now, we're going to see later in chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians that the purpose of that gift was very specific. It was for unbelievers. It was specifically for unbelieving Jews. And when we get to chapter 14, we'll see where Paul quotes that from, uh, from Isaiah. In the Old Testament context, it was, Israel, you have been unfaithful. God is going to chasten you. You're going to hear people speaking things you can't understand. Why? Because you're going to be invaded by people who speak other languages. And when you hear that, you'll know that God's chastening is upon you. That's applied to God setting aside Israel as He builds the church. We'll look at that in its context in in chapter 14. That gift was assigned to unbelieving Jews. God was turning away from the nation of Israel. Now, not surprisingly at all, since that has happened, God has set aside Israel. A.D. 70 did happen. The the temple was destroyed. Israel has not been uh, uh, had not been uh, a nation until 1948, and even now, not a believing nation. Not surprisingly, therefore, we're going to see when we look in First Corinthians 13 that the gift of tongues ceased. Why? Because its purpose was fulfilled. Now, you're thinking, yeah, but my cousin speaks in tongues. 
I know Christians who speak in tongues. Well, as is the case in many false religions, the same is true that even among believers, Satan counterfeits what God does by having people speak in what they say is an unknown language or an unknown tongue. Some people uh, speak of it as a prayer language, a special way that they uh, only speak to God, and they speak to nobody but God in that language, and they do not know the meaning of what they're saying. Now, that's the only phenomenon that you can find practiced today in the world that is called speaking in tongues. It is done in in many places. It is among evangelicals. It is associated with the the, the charismatic branches of the of the church. Um, it is also done around the world in cults. There are uh, Hindus. There are others that do um, that, that do similar kinds of things in many different in many different cultures. It has been studied by linguists, and the linguistic analysis is unanimous. These unknown tongues are not language. To call it an unknown language is an oxymoron. It it is, and they use the word gibberish. Now, I don't say that in a pejorative way as to say that person is a babbling idiot because there's some very intelligent people uh, who do this. But what I'm saying is it does not have linguistic meaning at all. It does not deal with the mind, and it therefore does not edify anyone. And that was going on in the church at Corinth. Now, last leg of the Lerman here today. Stay with me, and I'm going to point out something really cool to you. You can see, if you do careful observation, that in writing about this to the church at Corinth, the Apostle Paul sometimes, and I'm mainly talking about chapter 14, he sometimes uses tongue, singular, and sometimes he uses tongues, plural. When he uses tongue, it seems to refer to the gibberish. Put that to the test. When you see tongue singular in 1 Corinthians 14, read it that way and see if it doesn't make sense. Because that's the only kind of so-called language which isn't a language. There's only one gibberish. There are many languages. And so when he uses tongues, he seems to be referring to the actual gift and he says, I have it, and I've used it, and praise the Lord if any of you use it, because that was the time when the transition was in progress from Israel being set aside, or for, of Israel being set aside for the, for the church. So there's only one kind of thing that can't be interpreted, except by a person's imagination, and any, any supposed interpretation, if somebody says gibberish, and you record that, and you play it for somebody else and say, who says they have a spiritual gift, interpret that for me. And I dare you to take that recording to five different people in five different rooms in the same time, on the same day, in the same place, and get the same interpretation five times. But if somebody miraculously speaks in a language, it can be interpreted, it must be interpreted, and the interpretation can always be validated. That real gift of tongues has vanished. Now, you, most of you have met our beloved translator, Anya. I, I, I love her. But if that gift was available, I'd have to tell her, go get a job. We're not going to support you anymore. If I could just go over and open my mouth and Russian would come out, nobody would be more astounded than me because I've tried that a few times and it's really hard. But you get the point. The real gift 
the tongues, plural, isn't in operation. Now, something really cool. You may have to go home and find your King James Bible. Uh, I think maybe the New King James translators did it as well. But in the King James translation, those translators, very savvy, they knew what they were doing. And when they saw tongue singular, they put the English word unknown in front of it. And you'll find that word in italics because they understood the distinction, the very subtle and important distinction that Paul was making between languages and non-languages. Let's, let's go this far. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. The point is, Paul is saying, when the church is gathered, tongues should not be what you want to have take place. That's a sign for unbelieving Jews. When you have believing Jews, believing Gentiles, maybe there'd be unbelieving Jews there. It could be a sign to them. That might be okay. But he says, far better that the word of God be proclaimed in the language that the hearers understand. So 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5. I know I'm jumping around a little bit. We'll eventually put it all together. Paul writes, pursue love. Why did he say that? Well, he just finished what we call chapter 13. The love chapter is all about spiritual gifts. He says, pursue love, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that one may prophesy. We'll talk about that gift. It means proclaiming, speaking forth the word. He says, for one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Did you notice that was singular? That person thinks he's only speaking to God because nobody else can understand gibberish because it isn't understandable. So one who speaks in a, in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. I think that is sarcastic. He says, for no one understands, but in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. He doesn't even know what he is, what he is saying. But one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, building up, exhortation, encouragement coming alongside, and consolation or comfort. One who speaks in a tongue, unknown, edifies himself, at least so he thinks, but one who prophesies edifies the church. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues. Now, he went plural, right? I I, I would wish that you all had that gift, that you could all be part of that uh, unfolding of the plan of God. Now, I wish that you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy and greater is one who prophesies than one who speaks in tongues unless he interprets so that the church may receive edifying. That's pretty clear, isn't it? Far better that people understand the Word of God. So to say your gift is not for you means it's for everybody else. And when you see that somebody says, you need this gift in order for you to be mature, or you need to practice this gift in order for you to have the Holy Spirit, they're completely contradicting the teaching of the New Testament about spiritual gifts. And to say your gift is not for you doesn't mean that if you serve according to your spiritual gift, it doesn't mean you're not going to be edified. It doesn't mean you're not going to be blessed. I mean, I may stand up here and speak forth the Word of God, and, and, and actually I find it enjoyable, I find it energizing, by the, which, is, which is the power of the Holy Spirit that's promised, but trust me, I do get edified, I do get blessed, I do grow in Christ by the study, by the preparation. Using your gift will bless you, but that's not why you have the gift. The purpose is for the edification and the blessing of the whole church. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.